I want to have a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to retire. I don't think I ever will retire. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm an entrepreneur, so it's, oh, not, sure. like, it's not like I work for somebody and say, oh, right. by the way, uh, I'm 65, i got to go. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, it's not going to work. So what motivates me is just fun and, uh, and uh, working on some new projects, whether it's for-profit or non-profit. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, you know, involvement is everything. It's very, mm-hmm. very important to be engaged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hi, it's Eric Weir, and welcome to another episode of Stuttering Your Way to Success. And today, my special guest is Henry Horowitz. Henry, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Great. Thanks for being on our show. So Henry is, is a philanthropist. Uh, he's, he's an investor. Uh, as, you'll, as you'll see, he's lived various parts of the country. He's helped to develop something in our town called Artisphere, which I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of. So, so what brought you to Greenville? Well, uh I came to Greenville because uh, I had a real estate company based in Oklahoma and Texas, and uh, uh, a firm based in Greenville uh, bought the company, and uh, part of the uh, uh, arrangement is that I come to Greenville and work for the company. Mm-hmm. What got you into real estate? Uh, what it, Ownership? In ownership, correct. Right. Well, we were, before we were providing third-party services, property management and leasing, mm-hmm in uh, Oklahoma and Texas and mm-hmm. Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as we were performing these services, uh, we felt where perhaps it's better to own it than provide services. Because with services, you only need 30-day notice, right? There you go. That's right. right. That's right. So we start um, uh, buying shopping centers and then office buildings. Mm-hmm. So was there a thing that, 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 that you looked for? Many people who watch the show say uh, they may want to buy a rental house or convert it to a VRBO, which is a big, big trend at this time. Were there things that you look for in, in, in real estate that I want to buy this over another property? Well, the old expression is uh, location is everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fundamentals of the property have to be there before we buy anything or we mm-hmm. bought anything. Mm-hmm. Well, what I mean by fundamentals, again, location, the demographics, the, uh, uh, the merchants makes this if it's a shopping center, mm-hmm. and, um, and, of course, the uh, overall economy of whatever the area that we buy the property in. Is it, is it important for the area that you invest in to, to, to be growing, or, or can it be of such size that it doesn't matter if it grows or not? Uh, most of our properties, uh, with the exception of a couple areas, are already established areas. So. Okay. Uh, I don't want to be pioneer with the air on the back. So. Right, 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 <laughs> so, right. So uh, we buy in pretty much an established area. So w- it, it, when you watch the news today, you hear about the Federal Reserve trying to fight inflation. You saw the interest rates come down with COVID uh, to rates we haven't seen really, really ever. And then trillions of dollars of financial stimulus put into the U.S. economy. And now we are fighting inflation, inflation we haven't seen in 40 years. What does that do to real estate, and does that create opportunities in your mind? Well, <clears throat> it all depends how you position your real estate to start with. Uh, those who have uh, borrowed money uh, on a fixed rate several years ago, they're doing fine. Mm-hmm. But those who have a floating interest rate uh, are struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of acquisitions, a lot of things have been put on hold mm-hmm. simply because um, – it just doesn't pencil mm-hmm. out because one, if the interest rates are at seven percent and you buy on a capitalization, right? Let's assume you buy a six 
-hmm. cap rate, mm -hmm. or, I don't want to confuse anyone, mm -hmm. uh, then the, the spread is not that much. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's an interesting uh, side. Um, uh, we have a home on the coast, and uh, the builder, we're building a guest house, and uh, our builder, I've asked our builder uh, several weeks ago, and I said, how's the rise of interest rate? But this is residential now. Mm -hmm. How the rise of interest rate affecting your business? And the very prominent builder mm -hmm. in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, and he says, interesting, you said that he says, primary homes, people are still proceeding with building primary homes because that's where they have to buy. I mean, sure, where they live, that. right? Yeah. Right. Whereas we had 14 contracts on second vacation homes. Ooh. Everything's on hold. Really? Because wow. uh, people, most people who have either build or buy vacation homes mm -hmm. uh, or second homes uh, have mortgages. Mm -hmm. And the rise of interest rate and rise of insurance cost mm -hmm. uh, is it's not as palatable to sure. a lot of people. So sure. just as, just really from a residential point of view. Now, from, Please keep going. From yeah. a commercial point of view, uh the the debt issue obviously is very difficult, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, uh, <clears throat> we also involve in medical facilities and mostly investment grade health systems. Mm -hmm. So there's not an issue whether we're going to get the rent payment. Mm -hmm. These checks arrive on the first. Right. But if you want to buy something right now, uh, you s the uh, seller still demand low cap rates, mm -hmm. but yet your interest rates. Are very high, so it's very very difficult to make the acquisition uh, justified. Mm. And you got, and we, you know, we always been disciplined <laughs> in terms of. Um, sure. So what is it? So if you have a seller who at present is reluctant to adjust the price, and buyers who are reluctant to meet the seller's objective, how does that resolve itself? Well, it depends on product type. So I was referring to medical facilities. Mm -hmm. Again, that's a more institutional type of business. Mm -hmm. uh, there still will be growth because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I mean, if you borrow on a short-term basis, hopefully interest rates get decreased mm -hmm. and you're not taking that much risk, mm -hmm. theoretically. But will you buy a strip center mm -hmm. or an office building? Mm -hmm. I can't speak to multifamily then the risk is a little bit higher because you don't have investment-grade tenants, obviously, mm -hmm. or credit tenants for the most part. They're mostly small shop owners. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, if, if, if there's a recession, uh, then chances are they may not survive. Right, right. How has COVID changed real estate from your perspective? Uh, we own uh, many shopping centers in mm -hmm. six states. Uh, it did not affect us whatsoever. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, because we have what I call utility shopping centers where uh, these are basic services or goods that people sell. We didn't have high-end mm -hmm. retail stores. Do you, do you see the, the work from home or the flex week where some people would work two days from home or three days from home? Do you think that's here to stay? And if so, do you think that affects, say, say office properties? Well, uh I think it is here to stay, probably maybe modified to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. uh, we, I have a, uh, my uh, CFO, and she lives in Dallas, and uh, it takes her hour and a half uh, to travel uh, to our office, mm. and she has a young <coughs> child. Oh, wow. So uh, what I've done 
since she can, being a CPA or a CFO, she can do business mm-hmm. out of anywhere. All mm-hmm. she has to do is get on the, her computer or laptop. Sure. And so I made arrangements with her that she works two days a week out of the house. Mm. That's fantastic. Which is Monday yeah. and Friday. So it helps. Yeah. Well, plus... Like a four-day uh, weekend. Well, no, well, right, but she still does work. Sure. Right, she still delivers at the end. You have to deliver it. Correct. But, it, but, number, but what makes it is that she truly appreciates that and because that helps her lifestyle, and, uh, and therefore it creates a great um, um, uh, loyalty and work ethic and everything else in there. I was reading earlier this week about the great layoffs that are happening, and you see layoffs of Google's laid off, Amazon, just about the Facebook, a lot of like now Meta, and you're beginning to see that in other areas. And what some people are saying is they were laying off some of the people who had the more flex weeks. And I don't know if it's more from a from you don't have to see them as much or it's easier emotionally or practically because many people have said the experience of, of the flex worker has been positive. What's been your experience with, 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 with the flex worker? Again, uh, I don't have that much experience in that. But I can relate to uh, – so it's interesting. Uh, in, again, in our shopping center business, mm-hmm. Uh, I was telling uh, several bankers, uh, for some reason, they want to know how my shopping centers are doing, mm-hmm. uh, that, interestingly enough, over the course of the last several years, um, even COVID times, so even right now, uh, our mm, occupancy is uh, at high 90s, yeah. and there's no delinquency. Wow. No delinquency. Wow. I mean, literally, no delinquency. That's fantastic. Uh, one of the reasons is because we don't inflate our rents. Mm-hmm. We are a long-term owner. When you're a long-term owner, mm-hmm. you think differently. Mm-hmm. In other words, we don't flip properties, mm-hmm. and we don't increase the rent so we can, you know, withdraw. Right, so we, right. as a long-term owner, you have a different strategy in terms right. of how you deal with the tenants. No Since we are a long-term owner, we think long-term. So yeah, we'd rather have right. the tenants survive than not. Correct, correct. Yeah, I, I, I had several friends in real estate who went and stopped rent for a period of time during COVID, and the, the, the people all made it up. He said, but, but the loyalty that that created was substantial, where other uh, publicly traded companies were reluctant to do so. And then they ended up ultimately facing vacancies, retenanting, and actually, in the long run, it cost them money, uh, and also it, it, it cost reputation and, and relationships. Eric, so as you know, this business, I'd rather have a lower the rent than have that space vacant because all the tenant improvements, commissions, right. downtime. Oh. Actually, you wind up paying more money. 100%. 100%. Well, you're obviously a very accomplished business person, but you've also been a philanthropist and you've been very active in arts. And uh, one of the things I was reading in a real estate course I took some years ago was a quote by Michelangelo, and I, I didn't realize this. Because there's four things that a city needs. It needs water, which Greenville has a river. Uh, it needs good food, which Greenville had, now had. When you came here, it didn't have to talk about what it was like when you came here. That's really, really interesting. It was a desert. That's right. And it needs, it needs music, uh, live music, and it needs art. So you, you seem to have an affinity toward art and the arts. Would, would you talk to me about artosphere and some of your some of the things? Well, I mean, I got involved in the arts when I lived in Oklahoma City, uh, and um, I'm fond of saying um, when I was 28 years old, um, a chairman of Ballet Oklahoma Board of Directors, he was chairman of a major oil company, and he called me up and he says, uh, Henry, would you like to join Ballet Oklahoma? I go, well, I don't know. I don't like to put tutus on, but uh, <laughs> but I'd be. I mean, sure, why not? Right. 
And he says, well, Henry, are you going to be doer, giver, or getter? <laughs> I said to him, his name was John, I said, John, well, I'm 20 years old. I'm certainly not going to be a giver. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I may be getting, but most of the time I will be a doer. And he says, Henry, we don't need doers. We have, that's the staff for Oh, you're a getter or a giver? Doer, giver, or getter. That's right, yeah. Which is a great, that's when I get people on the board of directors. Yeah, that's what you tell them. I ask them which one you want to be. But the most important one is you've got to be giver and getter. There you go. Uh, so in any event, uh, this is how I got into the arts, and then uh, and I got involved in a lot of arts organizations in Oklahoma City, and several of them I became president. So uh, in Greenville, when I came to Greenville, um, many years later, I became chairman of uh, Metropolitan Arts Council, mm-hmm. and um, and then mayor. Uh, there was uh, 2003. Uh, mayor Knox White said to me, Henry, uh, we just closed down this arts festival that's been in business for many years, but it's really a more affair than an arts festival. You know, rides and mm-hmm. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, so. Um, and uh, so um, he says, would you, Metropolitan Arts Council, consider starting a new festival? And I told him, well, that's not the business we're in right now. But I said, let me think about it. And I was involved in Oklahoma City Arts Festival, which was a major festival. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what we've done is uh, taken best practices. I call it plagiarism, but best, right. <laughs> best, pra- best practices right, right. from the Oklahoma City Arts Festival, which was the opening night as you've been to. Mm-hmm. And... And other things, and um, and so it took us two years to come up with a business plan, um, uh, form a, a important board of directors, and um, on which you served on, and uh, uh, and get a support from both the city and the county and the state mm. financially. There's mm. a lot of, lot of, as you know, a lot of um, whether it's for profit or non profit. Initiatives fail because they don't have either don't have a good business plan or that can be executed, mm-hmm. or they don't have the financial support. And right. It's just basics. Right. So, um, uh, so in, uh, so our first 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 of all started in two thousand five, mm-hmm. and amazingly, on next year we'd be um, facing twentieth anniversary. But mm-hmm. we've just been named one of top seven festivals out of co- in the country out of six fifty. Wow. Which is, I always say, small Greenville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason is because we treat our artists well. We provide them with three meals a, a day. We provide mm-hmm. five, 600 volunteers, as you probably know. Mm-hmm. So uh, artists rate us uh, from the way we treat them. Mm-hmm. And it's like any customer, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah, so anyway, so we became one of the top festivals in the country, which is amazing only for such a small city, relatively speaking. What type of economic impact would, a, would, a, would an artist fear have on a town like Greenville or city? Well, uh, interesting. I, I, I was chairman of South Carolina Arts Commission, which is a statewide arts agency. And it just issued literally a week ago economic impact for the state, what arts mm. do for the state. Okay. $18 billion. I would not have guessed that in 20 guesses. $18 billion. Well, I mean, just look, I mean, just uh, Spoleto, Artosphere, but also from, I mean, just from so many different levels of economic impact. I can impact. see that, yeah. Right, yeah. payroll, yeah. Uh, spa- hotels, uh, uh, visitors, everything else in it. So Artosphere, 
we think has a probably, uh, I mean, Carrie Murphy was our ex executive director. She says, you always exaggerate, but, <laughs> but I think it's probably 15 to $20 million economic impact. I don't doubt that at all. I, I know I grew up in uh, South Atlanta, Fayette County, Georgia, and at that time there were there there were no uh, studios at, at all. I mean, for, for for many many years, and so they they passed a bill with tax credits for for filming in Georgia. And right. now there are more film there's, there's more episodic Correct. content shot in Georgia and theatrical content than than in all of California. So it's interesting how that changes the economic impact that has been. been well, but a lot of it's lifestyle, you know. Correct. Uh, um, often when I tell the governors uh, for Mark Sanford and Nikki Haley and present governor Henry McMaster, mm -hmm. say so it's not just the economic impact, but it's also the lifestyle. You, I mean, mm -hmm. people, I mean, come to a city or area because it's it's the arts, as you mentioned sure. initially, right? Right. It's not just. Uh, People want to come to something that they enjoy and listen to or see it or whatever. So anyway, lifestyle is very important too. So we we, we, we had Mayor Mayor Knox White on uh, recently. He's the mayor of, of Greenville, South Carolina. Has been for like 25 years, to my memory, the longest standing mayor. 22. Yeah. Or 20, yeah, for that, that many years. Um, you moved to Greenville, was it 1992? 1992. How has it changed and what do you think were the big catalysts for the change? Well, interesting you said that. So when I came 92, uh, I told my wife that she better learn how to cook because there are really not that many restaurants. <laughs> right. In the, um, but what we've seen, because we've taken a tour of the area, how beautiful it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think <coughs> the catalyst for change of Greenville is, is, first of all, city has done a great job, in my opinion, in terms of uh, public-private partnership. Mm-hmm. As you probably aware, right. um, very few cities do that for That's the true. most part. You yeah. know, uh, and oftentimes. sorry, they're, they're adversarial oftentimes. Right, That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so the city, so the city has been always been well known in terms of the um, uh, support of private businesses or whatever other initiatives. The other thing I think the city, which is for somebody like me and perhaps for you. City welcomes you input. Where you go to other major uh, cities like New Orleans or Charleston, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, um, they will say hi, but that's about it, right? Right. Whereas right. in Greenville, people welcome you if you contribute. I don't mean just financially, but just contribute. That's, that's actually true. Yeah. Right. They welcome your nice perspective. That's true. Right. They welcome your presence, your input, mm -hmm. and they uh, and that's probably one of the reasons a lot of people have living in Greenville and want to come to Greenville. Because the way Greenville treats newcomers, in my opinion, mm -hmm. maybe I've been very fortunate, but we found nothing. I mean, I had an opportunity to move to New York uh, when my company moved its headquarters back to New York. But we felt like Greenville was such a beautiful place. I mean, look, I mean, 45 minutes from the mountains, you know, mm -hmm. three and a half hours to the beaches. And you got Charlotte, you got Atlanta, Mountains. Anyway, it's just uh, it's, it's well located, great weather, relatively speaking, everything else. Oh sure, oh sure. If if you were to go, if if you were to to, to go back and, and talk to yourself, your twenty five year old self, what what, what advice? Well, I talk would to you myself yourself? often, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just can't say what did you say. That's, that's, <laughs> but what was the question again? Since <laughs> I interrupted you, you? If you were to if you were to go back and give advice to the twenty five year old Henry, what would you tell yourself? Well, interesting said it. I was giving advice to my son, who's 31. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Uh, from my financial point of view, uh, 
I have tell him, I said, don't, of course, because he's always lived in the, in a, I call it a, a bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said, so, so, so when he does financial underwriting and projections, mm-hmm. he always feels like things are going up. And I said, well, guess what? Things happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I said, always assume the worst and hope for the best. He said, well, that's negative. I said, well, not really. That's realistic. Right. Number two, I tell him, uh, use good judgment whether it's socially or in business. Mm-hmm. I mean, just use common sense and good, good judgment. So mm-hmm. think twice before you do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and, uh, and number three, um, obviously be very supportive of the community you live in and contribute as much as you can. So, I mean, these, uh, of course, there's many other things, but that's just basics in there. Yeah, and, of course, have good work ethic. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a point in time, and we talk about this on the show, study your way to success, there's setbacks, there's failures. We, we've all had them. Um, I, I refer to them as setbacks typically than failures, but, some of the, you know, but have you ever had a point where you're like, you're ready to hit a wall and you're like, I, I just can't take it anymore. I want, I want Alf. And what was it that carried you through to, to the next level? Well, yeah, I read your book, which uh, I experienced some of the things you have experienced, and it's actually a very well-written book. Congratulations. Well, thank, oh, thank you. And uh, uh, when I lived in Oklahoma City, it was 19, 19, uh, late 70s and early 80s. Uh, as you remember, all in Texas and Oklahoma and Louisiana, all boom became all bust. Oh, that's true. And it was a depression. Yeah. I mean, many banks have failed. And just had a ripple effect across the economy. So I had a, um, I guess it's my favorite story, although it's not so much favorite. I had an office building called One Downing Place after mm-hmm. British Prime Minister residence. Okay. I call One Drowning Place. One Drowning Place, right. <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> the major tenant left. It was all oh. gas business. Oh, so, oh it's um, bad. I know. Yeah. So all of a sudden, with, I thought everything was great. So all of a sudden, the bank says, you know, Henry, it's been nice, but come up with the money. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's, that taught me a lesson that you cannot gr- keep anything for granted. That's true. And, and a lot of people don't realize that sometimes. I mean, this was a severe recession mm-hmm. or depression in mm-hmm. Oklahoma mm-hmm. and Texas mm-hmm. and other areas. And that. So people who went through it wisened in terms of um, how you conduct yourself in business and essentially be conservative mm-hmm. because you That's just right. never know. Right. Yeah, I, I, I've talked to my, my, my kids frequently. I said there's two types of people. There are those who are humble and those who are soon to be. <laughs> that's great. That's right. Soon to be. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I, my wife says I have no filter. So yeah, that's that's right. That's fine. We love it. We yeah. love it. That's fantastic. Um, who, who, who are your mentors or who, who were your mentors when you're coming up? <clears throat> well, uh, so one funny story, uh, when I first started, uh, after my graduate school, my first job was American Express Company. Okay. And the executive, I worked for ex- directly for executive vice president. So I remember one time, uh, I, I mean, I was 25 years old. Um, uh, I came in from lunch, and, uh, and I hear the guy report to uh, come in and slammed the door, and I said, hmm, I wonder what's going on. So his secretary calls me 20 minutes later, and she says, uh, uh, Mr. Healy would like to see you. And I go, hmm, what did I do, right? Right, right. 
So I walked in there, and he says, close the door. And maybe I shouldn't say this in this interview, but <laughs> he closed the door. He says, are you married? I said, no, I'm not married. He says, well, don't. <laughs> I said, why? He says, let me tell you about my wife. She just went to Birth of Goodman, and she bought a fur for 25000 that was on sale. I mean, there was fur for 50000 but she bought it on sale for 25000 wow. This is this is 74. Oh, that's like... <laughs> so he... Oh, wow. And... and and she says, well, it went on sale. And I told her, how am I better off? You just spent $25,000. Right. So right. he was my first mentor. He yeah. was so funny, yeah. but he was very direct. Right. Oh, yeah. I thought it was pretty, pretty. So he's one of my first mentors in terms of business and, okay. and how do you conduct yourself in a, a large uh, public setting. You know, it's American Express. Oh, yeah. yeah. My goodness. So it's, it's bigger than that. So, and I had several other mentors who were very good at the end of the day. And... Um, the key is to be a good listener mm-hmm. and see what people do and what people do wrong and learn from that experience. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and you, you have that in your book as well. I'm not copying you, but I'm yeah. just saying. Oh, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Plagiarizing you. Oh, thank you. That's, that's the highest form of flattery. <laughs> right. Thank you. Um, what motivates you now? Well, interesting uh, is uh, we were just talking uh I want to have a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to retire. I don't think I ever will retire. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm an entrepreneur, so it's, oh, not, sure. like, it's not like I work for somebody and say, oh, right. by the way, uh, I'm 65, i got to go. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, it's not going to work. So, um, so what motivates me is just fun and, uh, and uh, working on some new projects, whether it's for-profit or non-profit. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, you know, involvement is everything. It's very, mm-hmm. very important to be engaged. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, what if, if someone's watching the show and like, man, I really like what you're saying, and some of the things about real estate I found interesting, or business principles? Uh, are there any books you, you you would recommend them to read, or any uh, podcast to listen to? Or uh, I'm sorry, I do not. Mm-hmm. Uh, War and Peace. Yep, yeah, that's <laughs> you can learn a lot from from that as well. No doubt about that's it. That's my favorite book. Yeah, uh-huh. I read, of course it takes me. Uh, five it takes months a minute to, to read. It takes, yeah, <laughs> takes me five months <laughs> it's not to a complete. Short read, and, uh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, no, um, I, probably the best thing to do is uh, read. Uh, I'm I'm a voracious reader of. Uh, major newspapers, whether it's Wall Street Journal and New York Times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not talking about the politics. I'm talking about sure. just uh, yeah. you learn a lot when you see all the events and, every, and everything else going on. So. If someone w- 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 wanted to learn and they said, hey, I'd love to be mentored by somebody, a big talk of mentorship, me volunteering your time, go work for free for a period of time or a discount. How do you feel about mentorship? Oh, I mean, I've done it several times. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. so, so what was that like? And I mean, how did you find a mentor? Well, I mean, I mean, they're usually a family friend, mm-hmm. they son or mm-hmm. daughter, mostly uh, mm-hmm. son, and they want to learn whether they can get in a real estate business, right? Yeah, right. And, uh, <coughs> and I explain to them uh, is to, as Ricky Ricardo says, explain. Yeah, right. Explain to them uh, that, uh, again, just basics of any success is work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is everything, in my opinion. No doubt about it. Work ethic and and uh, good listener, and uh, and at the same time learn um, as much as you can from financial aspects, because it's uh, having background in finance or or accounting is very very important if you want to own your own business. Mm-hmm. 
And not speaking, people want to own their own business. Some people sure. don't want to be in a business. They, of course. They do other things. You've, you, you, you've mentioned work ethic twice, um, and that's an important, an important thing to you, obviously. Uh, what does that mean to you? Well, work ethic means many things to me, but I always admire, interesting, uh, uh, I sent a compliment to a chairman of a large bank here, uh, the person I deal with at the bank level, and I said, that particular person, uh, number one, has a great sense of urgency and responding, Mm-hmm. Great communication skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, tries to address the things as soon as possible. Uh, but also, uh, so I use that or a couple, several other people I deal with. Mm-hmm. But to me, work ethic is really uh, paying attention to what you have. Uh, don't postpone. Uh, uh, one of the great aspects that I always give uh, people advice is, uh, I'm sure you do too as well, every Sunday I prepare my next week's agenda, what I'm going to be doing, my to-do list. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Yeah. yeah. That's just, I mean, I do handwritten. It's mm-hmm. not... Oh, yeah. yeah. It's because there's nothing... And one of my favorite things to do is scratch out or mark off the things that I've done. Doesn't that feel good? Am I right? Oh, yeah. No, to that, no, I mean, no, that's no, maybe no. old-fashioned. No, I, listen, I use paper. Yeah, I love right. It. Yeah, I mean, I so better. I prepare an agenda, and it's usually three-page agenda because there's different segments, whether it's for-profit, family, business, or whatever. And so that's very important. That sort of guides you what you need to do. I like it. So your system is three parts. We talk about in the book, faith, family, fitness, finance, right. friends. Everybody has a system. Right. Yours is three, which is very good. So it's for-profit, business, and family. So you take time and plan some activities or, or – I mean, how, how, Well, I just show like up. You? I don't plan activities. <laughs> showing, show, showing, showing up is everything. They say right? that's 80% of the battle right there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The Pareto <laughs> principle, 80%, <laughs> yeah. 80-20. That's right. No, I know. So uh, – uh, interesting. I have uh, three grandkids, and um, so we babysit the two grandkids, uh, which was not easy. <laughs> 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 yeah. So uh, you know, listen. It's basic principles of any life. Don't you agree? Oh yeah, it's absolutely. Just, yeah. I mean, it's, it, apply the principles and life not and, planned is right. And um, stay away from social media. A lot of people are too much in social media. Maybe oh. we're on social media right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying. There can right? be a lot, no doubt about it. Yeah, some people reveal too much. Correct. And Correct. sometimes you don't need to know everything. Right. Less right. is more. Right. A friend of mine, I'm sure you've heard this expression many times, the only time you should be in the news is when you mourn and when you die. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's right? it. That's, that's it. <laughs> and of course, that was a long time ago. Right, right, so, right, 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 right. But I think it's a great, great... I'm, that's too much. Of course, still. of course, of course, of course. But this really does make a lot of sense. You know, in your life, you've achieved a lot, and you've had some recognition. The Palmetto Award was given to you, I guess, maybe more recently, 2019, which is the highest honor someone who, as a resident of South Carolina, can receive as a civilian. Also, the Visionary Leader and Lifetime Achievement Award. So you you've hit some some accolades both in the in the nonprofit world being recognized for contribution in the business world, art. So what do you want to be re- remembered as though? Well, I think um, frankly, what I want to remember is um, what I've contributed to the community, to whatever it is in there, and my friendships. At the end of the day, that's what really matters. Right. And how you raise your family. That's right. Right. That's right. I mean, that's, that's right. really what kind of. 
uh, legacy you leave for you know, uh, uh, your children and mm-hmm. grandchildren and whatever else in there. But at the end of the day, some people are not involved. You and I are very mm-hmm. similar in a way. So I'm being mm-hmm. presumptuous that you and I are very yeah, similar, yeah, but, right, 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 but uh, we, we contribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the community, uh, some people just don't don't feel comfortable, or they don't want to, or for whatever the reason mm-hmm. is in that. Mm-hmm. So their life is really one-dimensional, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm not right. saying it's wrong, right, it's, right, right. But it's di- one-dimensional. Right. It's whether it's business or just family. Right. So it's nice to have a sort of a combination thereof. Makes your life richer. Right, right. That's so true. Going back to business topic, when we talk about the Federal Reserve has increased interest rates, and as a real estate owner, it's something to be mindful. Four point seven percent there ish now. There is a more economic reports coming out, and the market's kind of pricing in. I'm hearing four, five point four, five point five, higher than people were originally thinking, because there's still some some resilience in parts of the economy. And yet, we're seeing other parts of it kind of roll over or have a slowdown. So it's interesting to see. When you see things like that, I mean, obviously, if you have a secured debt, you're fine, and you, there can be be benefits as well. But do you think there'll be? Do you think we're in a recession? Do you think we'll go into a recession? The first part of the question. Well, again, it really depends. From, right now, we're very fortunate so far. Is that personally, I'm not in a recession. Mm-hmm. Although my wife's American Express sometimes makes me feel like I'm <laughs> going to go in a recession. Right? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, but uh, the reasons we so far we're pretty fortunate because we're in the right locations. We are long-term owner, therefore we have relatively low debt. Mm-hmm. And when you have relatively low debt, you can mm-hmm. a lot of things can be mitigated. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, I I'm concerned that Federal Reserve just be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, and when they start tightening up on so many things, and then, and and then when it affects the consumer debt, mm-hmm. which uh, or consumer spending, I mean, right, consumer spending, I mean that's what drives the economy, right. And uh, and when people, uh, uh, I got speaking of American Express, I got a uh, so a statement of American Express. If you want to pay off this balance, it'd be twenty eight percent interest. Whoa. 28 percent wow, interest that's that's remarkable. so that means if uh, it's usury right yeah yeah wow <coughs> a lot of people borrow money right as mm-hmm. you know and they're in debt and they borrow money um make minimal payment whatever i'm just saying with the high interest rates at the end of the day that affects majority population correct right correct. so therefore they're going to probably cut back on and there's some people already cutting back on um, whatever the uh, purchases are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a ripple effect. I've seen this drill before. Yeah. Uh, and that's what concerns me. Not from, a, from an investment point of view, the same thing. And a lot of people also may not invest or buy things is because if stock market is down, right, people's perception of their wealth is down. Is stock market, correct? Right. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. the average person doesn't have real estate mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, other than home. Right. So they so that pretty much the entire wealth or majority of its wealth it's either home mm-hmm. or the stock market. Right. So uh, if the stock market is down, the perception that oh my gosh my my holdings are down twenty percent or whatever the number is, right, sure. uh, I better not spend. I just right. give you the what happened to single family homes where people say right you know what I really don't need to have single family I mean second secondary right. home. 
Right, 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 right. In your, in your assessment, we've talked with other guests before, but it seems to like build momentum when that happens. It seems like when somebody slows down their spending, then that impacts you know, the, the, the home sales, then home sales impact oh, yeah, construction materials, and things start, it starts to be you know, kind of a snowball. And just and then, what is a catalyst usually that 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 reverses that? Do things get so? Well, obviously, one of catalysts will be when uh, Fed uh, either starts uh, slowing down in terms of interest rate or puts things on hold, because mm -hmm. then it's a perception, right, that Federal Reserve feels like the inflation has slowed down a little bit. And uh, but. Uh, but the the problem with inflation is that you know it's, I mean not everything's inflated. I mean maybe food prices are, right, right. But but in general I don't, I don't maybe we I don't see as much inflation. But again I'm not your average consumer either. Right. So right, right. Uh, so I am concerned that um, at the end of the day sometimes uh, as um, like a roller coaster when it starts going down it really starts going down. Right, and my my, I'm just concerned that um, be careful what you wish for. Oh, no doubt. You know, so it's a very balancing act at, at the end of the day. So um, I don't know. Um, and one way we'll find out since we're in a, a shopping center business. I mean, that's pretty quickly you find out pretty quickly as to. So if people get haircuts every three weeks. They may get haircuts, you know, every other month. Right. And right. I, I'm speaking as just so. That's a ripple effect. No, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Do you think that recessions, they create opportunities as well? Of course. When you have cash, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of liquidity, then mm -hmm. you know, when, uh, this is strictly from an investment's point of view, of mm -hmm. course, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then obviously, then if you have a lot of liquidity and good um, uh, reputation with banks, mm -hmm. then... Uh, then sooner or later, uh, some of the properties, and I'm talking about real estate now, may be going to a foreclosure. Mm -hmm. Or the banks, or you may be able, some sellers may say, you know what, um, I'd probably be happy to sell you <laughs> whatever you want to offer, mm -hmm. simply because mm -hmm. I can't afford to have uh, feed the property. Right, 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 right. Right, right. I mean, right. Just, just basics. And, uh, mm -hmm. So, so. So those who have good liquidity and good cash available and all that, um, I think uh, will probably benefit. Uh, uh, and I, I see, because uh, I'm in the medical facilities business, so I see a lot of uh, foreign money uh, pledging equity mm -hmm. because they see that uh, there are prospective uh, potential buys. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I talked to a family office in Dubai uh, yesterday, and they were preparing funds for what they think will be opportunistic, you know, things that emerge. The medical fund uh, that we got involved in uh, just got um, a billion, billion-dollar equity commitment. Mm. Mm -hmm. Of course, that concerns me. Right. You know why? Because two ways of going out of business, no business and too much business. Right. And too much business, you can't put your arms around everything, as you well know, right? Mm -hmm. Either lack of capital or you can't right. stop falling through the cracks because so, you don't have the infrastructure correct. to pay attention to all that. Right. right. So I've seen that drill before, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If you were going to go into business today and you're starting out, you're graduating from college or business school or you're 
maybe you're in a mid-career. What is it? You know, what would you recommend someone to 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 do? Well, it's interesting you said that. Of course, I'm a proponent of real estate. Right. Right. So, right. I mean, I don't have a background in manufacturing or anything like that. So, speaking of mentoring, so I told several people who I mentored because they asked me about the real estate opportunity, and I said, well. Uh, if you want to be involved in a business, assuming you have no capital, then become a leasing agent. Uh, or mm-hmm. I tell a story of a guy who's in his late 30s, who's in Dallas. He's a mortgage broker, you know, places yeah. mortgages. Sure, 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 sure. He makes on the average million to $2 million a year. Wow, that's fantastic. And all he does is maybe five or six deals a year. And the, his, his personal risk is, is effectively zero. zero. It's time. Well, I mean, it's time. He's it's a it. broker. Right, 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 so, right. But, I mean, it's an extreme. Mm-hmm. But you know what? How, he has no no equity. <laughs> right. No funds. Right. He, I mean, he's got one person who works for him part-time. Right. I mean, that's just a, an extreme. That's of, a good gig, right? I think it is, yeah. yeah. But I said being in a, in a real estate business where they leasing or sales or whatever mm-hmm. provides you pretty good income, but it takes time to mm-hmm. get, I mean, it's not immediate. Right. Have you seen the, uh, I'm sure you, 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 you've seen it, I don't know that you participated in it, but the, the rise of, of you know, Uber, you know, they don't own any cars, but they're the largest provider of transportation. Uh, you know, uh, Amazon, they don't have retail sites, maybe j- just a few, the largest retailer. And today, VRBO is the largest provider of overnight stays, yet they don't have any of their own proprietary inventory. And people were buying homes now, and they're saying, hey, I'm going to rent it out for nightly or, or weekly. And the returns that they're claiming to, be, to get are much higher than you would get from you know, t- oh. typical real estate. So do you have any, any thoughts on, on VRBO? Or? Well, I mean, we have several apartments that, uh, that my son decided to be in the business. Oh, did he? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I'm spending more time <laughs> cleaning up because <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you're, you're dealing with people. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's a different deal. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun, but not really. <laughs> right, right. But, it, frankly, for your average person who wants to be in the real estate business, mm-hmm. That's an entry level, right? Right, right. Buying a home for rent or right. buying something like that. So it's a it's a good entry level for somebody who doesn't have a lot of equity or a lot right. of capital or right. borrowing capacity. Right. I've, I've heard of that, right? Right. That's it's, it's, it's so true. And the, I've heard of people who go near hospitals where the travel nurse is a big thing right now with a, or has been. And they make you know, three times what, what the, a normal person makes in that job. And they'll lease an apartment in Boston near a hospital or, or Atlanta and furnish it and do three or four month leases and charge three times the typical lease rate for a furnish and a short term solution. So with, with most things, when things are that good and that great, they kind of, they, they cycle. Good to be true. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right. No, but I mean, a lot of, I mean, a lot of uh, what I call uh, concepts work simply because, uh, uh, again, I can't speak for Amazon because Amazon is such a different world, but Uber and others, uh, they came up with a great concept. And, uh, but frankly, the other competitors are actually not doing well, like Lyft. Right. If you heard. Yeah, they're, they're slowing down. They're yeah, no doubt. slowing down. So the question is, you know, what's the, what's the delivery? Right. At the end of the day, what product or service you deliver? It comes down to execution at the end of the day. At the end of the day. Speaking of Autosphere, one of the reasons we've done very well because we hired, um, the first person I hired, uh, she was eating a meter. Uh, but I might have had the vision but that's about it. <laughs> she executed the vision. Right. As you well know, that's, at the end of the day, it's all about execution. 
Everything about execution. A lot of people have a lot of great ideas, great vision, but they just don't get it done. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we talk a lot about the visions, where you want to go, mission are the steps you take to get there. Right. And there was Walt Disney who went bankrupt you know, with his dreams, and then he asked Roy to come and help him, his brother. When Walt and Roy worked together, it was magic. You know, but, but neither one, they each needed each other. The, the, the tactician needed the visionary and vice versa. So that's good. So yeah. i got to take a quick story. So sure. uh, uh, when I lived in Oklahoma City, uh, my wife says uh, her friend uh, used to, I mean, her, her husband uh, ran Sam's Wholesale. Oh, wow. Okay. That's many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just started, eight, eight, it was in the 80s. Anyway, so... My wife says, why don't we go to uh, uh, Bentonville, you know, where it's mm-hmm. headquarters. For, mm-hmm. We're supposed to have dinner with this couple. And I go, mm-hmm. Bentonville, I'm going to stay at the Holiday Inn. <laughs> right. It's not my idea. <laughs> it's an eight-hour drive, right? So this couple called us just 20 minutes before we're supposed to have dinner. He says, another couple is going to join us, Sam Walton. No way. That had to be an epic meal. Wow. So he said something to me which I never forget. It's called the walking around theory. Okay, man. Okay. Walking, writing this down. Walking around theory. Okay. So he says, he said, unlike a lot of executives, but this is early 80s, so it's a different world. Anyway, he says, unlike many executives, uh, where they call the store manager or district manager, I'm going to be at the store at 8 o'clock on February 20th, right? And they're all like... I, <laughs> I just show up right. unannounced. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I do is go and say hi to the store manager, and I tell the store manager, I don't want you to follow me. Do what you need to do. And he says, I go around the store. I go to the back office. I mean, the back, which is before the, uh, the break room. Well, before the uh, distribution centers were formed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this is where the check, all the check-in, the merchandise. Right. And I go to every department. I wind up with cashiers at the last. And cashiers tell me all the problems. Mm-hmm. And then I go to the store manager. And that, so he doesn't tell me what I want to hear. I just heard what needs to be done. And I call the walking around theory. People walk around, in other words, take the time to go and see what's going on, right? A lot of executives, because they're too busy or, or whatever the level is, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Huh? They just don't take the time to actually pay attention. How can we be better? You can ask that. What's right. broken? Well, but just see it for themselves. Right. Rather than hear which. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I know it's not practical. I mean, now it would have been impractical for somebody like him to do this. Correct. Right. But I never forget that was a. Well, it's, great a it's a. I'm sure it's a. It's a. It's, there's a sample size that still would be representative right. of the entire population. Now that that there's a show called Undercover CEO, and the CEOs will dress with a mustache or different hair, and they will go into like a manufacturing part of their business, or they'll go and work in stocking, or work in distribution, and every single time they find employees that are like wildly dedicated, and and just like like. Wow, this is an amazing person. And then they have those on the other side that are disgruntled, they're, they're grumpy, right. they're, uh, they're, they're usurpatious. And then, they, and then they find in every case there's something so obvious for them that needs re- fixing and repairing or restructuring or retooling. 
and they're so grateful they took the time. And they wouldn't work not for the TV show of taking the time to go in, but, but they learned. So what you're saying but with Sam but Walton. But it's a did. great concept, walking around theory, right? It's a great concept. It's yeah. a great concept. I mean, when I go to a shopping center, I walk around and I see weeds. Yeah. In the, right. But a lot of people don't do that. Right. They don't take the time to. And you never walk around where it's like. Right. It's always something. It's always something. Always something. Always something. You know, but that's, that's just, if any ad- advice, I think it's a pretty good advice, don't you think? That's very good advice. I don't very care what advice. business you're in or what you do. Yeah, very good advice. Yeah, I'm thinking right now, no doubt about it. Now, if, if, if as we prepare to close, and thank you so much for your, your generous contribution of time to ed- educate you know, our listeners, um, if you were facing a problem today, or an obstacle, fill in the blank, whatever it happens to be. Do you have a methodology or a process you try to go through to get clarity and to get steps to put into action? Are you talk about personal or business? So say business. We say personal. Either, either one. We ever feel, say business for. Yeah, business probably more appropriate. Well, I'm a strong believer in delegation. Mm-hmm. So. Um, First of all, I always tell everyone, I don't want surprises. Tell me the problem. Give me a heads up. I don't want to, the worst thing you can do is me finding out <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before you tell me. Right. Right? That's mm-hmm. just basics, right? Right, right, right. So give me a heads up and just get it solved. And mm-hmm. if you need help, let us know and we will do whatever we have to do. So to me, and again, it applies to the same thing as I talk about, sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. communication, right? Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, also, I said, well, I don't want to be penny-wise, pound-foolish, but at the same time, just because you get one bid doesn't mean <laughs> you take it. <laughs> you take. You always have three bids. I have a policy, mm-hmm. three bids, if it's possible. Because you right. never know, right? Have you ever, there, the disparity is always remarkable, isn't it? Right. But one thing that we deal with our people who provide services for our real estate, as you know, a lot of stuff, it's very important. I always say that we, we pay immediately. We always pay. There's no such thing as delinquent payment on mm-hmm. anything we owe because that's how we do business. You know? But at the same time, we also demand great service because we mm-hmm. pay our bills on time. Uh, and 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 reasonable cost. It's just basic. No, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that everybody agrees to it, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have that philosophy, in other mm-hmm. words, my um, my philosophy and our philosophy, our family, we pay the bills immediately, immediately when it's due. There's no that's because you develop a reputation mm-hmm. that you pay your bills and that you meet your obligations, right? Mm-hmm. Your basics, mm-hmm. and that. But at the same time, you demand great service, and whatever else needs to be done. Right, right. It's like they say sometimes, common sense is not as common as it once was. <laughs> you know, you just said it right, common sense, and again, that's why I told my children, exercise good judgment and mm-hmm. common sense. Very good. You can't go wrong. Do you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so, so, so much my for being on my show today. My pleasure. Really yeah, that was uh, interesting. Great, thank, thank you. you. And thank you, uh, uh, thank you for joining us on another episode of Who's Eating Your Pie with my special guest today, Henry Horowitz. Thank you.